Brad Hines here, as always, with Alex Barth from 98.5 The Sports Hub. And despite it being the offseason, despite it being a holiday, we have some Patriots news because, as they tend to do, they waited till about 30 minutes after our last show ended to announce <laughs> a Devontae Parker contract extension. And then two days later on the weekend, they announced a Juwan Bentley contract extension. So we're going to get into those, and then we'll transition over to you guys for a little Q&A and then end with a Boston Sports Minute. But who, who do you want to start with, Parker or Bentley? Do you have a preference? Uh, I guess let's go chronologically. Let's start with Parker. Parker. So I believe it was Thursday, so one week ago, he signed a three-year max, max value, $33 million. I saw a lot of people you know, freaking out about that, the max value. $14 million guaranteed, and we got some – new information on it for the first time today. Uh, Very, very incentive heavy. They can pretty much get out of the deal after two years and and not have much of a penalty, it looks like. But, you know, they needed receivers under contract. They only had two, uh, Juju and Taekwon next year beyond the rookies. Right. He's He's a good player. It's about what you expect for a guy who's 30, entering his 30-year-old season. He's had injury histories. So I, I was a fan of the fan of the deal. Absolutely. I, I think you nailed it there. I, I don't think this has anything to do with Hawkins or the top of the depth chart. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I think more what it's tied to is the only established wide receiver they have under contract next year is Juju Smith-Schuster. We don't even know what Tyquan Thornton's going to be, and I don't think they want to have to rebuild the entire position in one offseason because you can't do that, especially at such a high-priced position. Look at what they did at tackle this year. Like They needed to rebuild their entire tackle room, essentially, and you just can't do that. It doesn't matter how, how many assets you have. It's such an expensive position in terms of money and draft picks and things like that that they put themselves in a bad position at tackle before the offseason, and obviously it didn't go well, but I think they're trying to avoid something similar at receiver. So now you have Parker, now you have Juju, ideally between Thornton, Demario Douglas, Kayshawn Boutte, one of those guys gives you something. It's still going to be a need. I still think it's going to be a premier need, talking about you know a top 50 pick, spending money in free agency, but they at least, you know, now they don't have to rebuild the whole room. They have a core there, like Juju and Devontae Parker. Those are two capable players. Those are a number two and number three wide receiver instead of having to go out and essentially redo the whole thing. And we, you mentioned the premier guy there. That's something we've been clamoring for for a few years. Do you think they view this as like, we'll be good if we just get another, whether it's bring back Kendrick Bourne, you know, another one of these role guys and kind of run this back? Or do you think they're still in the mindset of we'll still have the funds, we'll go and pay a top guy because they haven't really done that lately. I, I Yeah, I'm still sort of believe it when I see it with them bringing that number one wide receiver, regardless of how bad they need him. But this is more just a numbers game. It's one less guy yeah. they have to bring in next year. Mm-hmm. And from a football fit, you know, he's going to be right now where you stand. He's your ex, right? He's going to be cemented in there. Juju cemented in the slot and it's yep. born in Taekwon as your, you know, your Z or your move wide receiver. Right. But where do you kind of see if they bring in Hopkins? Cause we were all like, if they bring in Hopkins, Parker's going to be the odd man out. Right. Cause the X, they're kind of redundant with their skill sets. Do you trust if they bring in Parker or Hopkins? The names are so confusing with the Devante and DeAndre, but right. <laughs> 
if they bring in Hopkins, can you still do Parker at the X and move Hopkins into, you know, a Z roll over a Bourne or a Taekwon? I think that's what you end up doing ultimately. And, and I know, you know, I've been against that. We've been against that. And some people are saying, Oh, now you're, you know, you're turning back just cause you know, you want to be in line with the team. I, I, it's more, I still think the best move would have been Hopkins at the X and cutting Devonte Parker. I still think that would have been better. And being said, it's not like Parker at the X and Hopkins at the Z is bad. There are some downsides with it. It takes Kendrick Bourne off the field, a player I'm obviously very high on. I think it stalls out uh, uh, Tyquan Thornton's development. At this point, at that point, you're kind of punting on Tyquan Thornton, which yeah. it sucks. They're, they're in a bad spot because you obviously want to maximize what Tyquan Thornton can do and figure out if he's a guy, but you also have to do that with Mac Jones. And unfortunately, there's sort of been a spot where it's one or the other. Can you take the risk? of trying to figure out whether or not Taekwon's a guy while still maximizing what you put around Mac Jones. They're in a spot where they can't do that. They did them to themselves, that to themselves. As much as I'd like to see them see it out with Taekwon, I don't know if they can do that right now. If DeAndre Hopkins is an option, I don't know if they can afford to do that. It's unfortunate, but this is the price you pay when you try to make Matt Patricia your offensive coordinator for a year. So I still think it works with Hopkins at the Z, but I also just think Hopkins is a better player at the X. You're not necessarily maximizing him. It it's still works with Hopkins at the Z. He's still a really good player, but it's not It's not what it could have been. Yeah. And they're not in the position to, like, say we don't need DeAndre Hopkins anymore, no, right? Like, no, 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 you, don't no. want to, you don't want to turn down a good player, especially with Bill O'Brien. You have the confidence that he'll figure it out because there were times in Houston that – it wasn't often, but there were times that he would move Hopkins inside the numbers, you know, attack mismatches like that he likes to do. I went back and watched some, and there were a few times he had him in the slot on on Haas, right? Haas wide juke, which we all know Bill yeah. O'Brien loves. And he got to run that vertical and Haas out of the slot against a small corner, and Deshaun Watson would hit him on a on a back shoulder or something like that. But it's a lot of speed. It's a lot of, you know, those back shoulder contested catch guys where – if you're taking Tyquan Thornton, if you're taking Kendrick Bourne off the field, Tyquan's your speed, Kendrick Bourne and probably Thornton are your two best separators. So you're losing a bit of that element in the op- in your offense with Hopkins and Parker on the field at the same time. So the one other, do you the think one other that, thing I'd say, and you, you, look, no, go ahead. Go. You can go. No, I, I, I was going to move to a next point. What, what did you okay. have? Well, I was going to say, like, is that those big contested catch guys? Is that the best thing for Mac Jones, do you think? Because he looked at him in in Alabama, and it was like he's thrown to Mechie and Smith and, and Jerry Judy we all wanted here. And, and now it's these big, you know, guys that you might need a little more velocity on to get it up in the back shoulder. He throws the seam well, but is that best for Mac, these big contested catch guys? It's probably like no, but there's where they're so are. past the point, right? This is where they are. That I don't know that flipping all right. So we got to get him the speed guy out there, but regardless of style, is Tyquan Thornton a better option for Mac Jones right now than DeAndre Hopkins? He's not. Yeah. So, yes, if we could go back three years and they could, you know, trade for a guy like Kadarius Tony and draft and things like that. 
then yeah, that would have been a much better plan, but we're too late now. This is what it is. What I will say, as much as these guys aren't true separators, one, they're big. These are all big guys with big catch radiuses and max and average quarterback. And I think people so super focus on the idea of separation as being how many yards away is the receiver from the corner. And that is one kind of separation, but at the same time, if the wide receiver six, five in the corners, five, 10, are you going to, even if they're standing right next to each other, you can tell me there's no window there. Or yeah. if the receiver has whatever it is, like a six eleven equivalent wingspan in the corner, sitting there at like six one, there's no separation there. There's no way, and and that's harder. But Mac Jones' best trade is his accuracy, so they should be able to make that work. The other thing is, I I know we think of some of these guys as maybe slower, but Hopkins certainly. I think Juju Smith Schuster to an extent in Thornton. Maybe they don't have a ton of wiggle like into the route, but their release packages are very good. So they're going to create initial separation off the line on routes like slants, in cuts, fades, things like that. In the almost by default, this offense is going to have to be quick release because of the tackles. So I don't, they don't have a ton of guys that are going to run like these complex routes and double moves. I don't know that they have the time to run a ton of double moves they kind of have to sort of just be three steps and out and these guys can separate at the line. And then there's that natural separation from their size. Is that what's best for Mac Jones? No. Having these tackles isn't what's best for Mac Jones either, but it is an offense. I think that can play to some of his, not all, but some of his best skills compared to last year's offense, which pair played to none of them. Nope. Yeah, no, those are good points. And, I agree with that. And you should still get some that Alabama stuff with like an RPO package yeah. and that stuff to work more to his elements. But yeah, those are all good points. Do you, do you remember where you were going before I brought that up? Yeah. The, the one other thing you mentioned about the, the Parker contract, I think is important is three years, 33 million, everybody freaked out. And I will let you all know, you do not need to react to the initial numbers of an NFL contract. You really shouldn't do that because they're never real. For him, if everybody's saying, oh, that's too much money, $33 million, for Parker to max that out, among many other statistical things, but let's just start here, he has to be an all-pro all three years. Not a pro bowler, an all-pro. If he is an all-pro receiver three years in a row, he's worth $33 million over three years. The real number is like $14 million over two years. It's a very manageable number. And even that second year isn't net, like it's not super guaranteed. They lose some money, but it, it wouldn't be the worst thing ever. It wouldn't be the most unusual thing ever for them to get out of it. It's also, it wasn't really an extension. It was a restructure. They didn't tack three years on to the existing year. It's three new years. So this only runs through 2025 and really only through 2024. So I just, this is what happens. The agents hype it up because they want to make their clients look good. They want to make themselves look good. They're doing their job. I'm not faulting them for it, but you got to wait and see the real money. And I think when it came in on Parker, this deal makes a lot more sense now than it did then. And you also understand now better why it doesn't prevent them from signing Hawkins. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned that was a restructure. We don't know yet if Juwan Bentley was 
a restructure or do we yet? Or was it two additional years? I haven't seen it. I don't think one we've way got yet. I'm assuming yet. if I'm assuming the details are coming, you know, Parker only signed a day before him. And I think Bentley's deal is going to be much more simple. Down. So I, I would imagine that's coming. I would not be surprised with Bentley, just given his age and the role he plays on the team. If he got a true extension, that wouldn't surprise me, but I don't know for yeah. sure. Cause he's only like 28, right? That was something surprising. When I looked it up. Yeah. I, I looked it up yeah. when he signed. I'm so, surprised. Yeah. So he signed 26. He's on 26. Well, we just keep he turns 27 away. next month. Okay. So 27 when the season starts, but his deal was two years. It was a max value of like right over 19 million. And yeah, I mean, I love Juwan Bentley. He's been one of the most underrated guys I feel in, in a while. I, I like to call it my, like, you know, ball test based on if what are your thoughts on Juwan Bentley are. But, you know, he's that old school Bill Belichick, you know, downhill thumper. He can plug the B gap and knob front. And and now that he's paired with Mar- Marte Mapu, like, that's perfect because you have your, your rangy guy and your downhill guy. So I was a big fan of that deal. And he also, I feel, will help – uh, transition away from Devin McCourty and like a leadership role on and off the field, which I think is a big part of that, which why it might be two years added on to this year as an extension. I'm with you on that. I like the Parker one, even though I know I just sort of defended it is like, ah, it's not that much money. I, I still don't think they needed to do that. I, like great. And if he has a good year, awesome. He's here for one more year, but even if he had a great year on sign go get the comp pick and whatever, it's not a the Parker deal to me is inconsequential. I don't think it's good or bad. I just really don't think it changes a ton. Period. Yep. The Bentley deal, I I, I really like. I, I do because you hit on it right there. Replaces Devin McCordy in terms of communication on this defense, the leadership. He made strides. He's still not a great coverage linebacker, but I thought he made strides last year. He was much better, and if he can do that again this year, now you know you've got something going on. Now we're talking. And they got him, it was 19 million total over two years. I think the it was nine was the guaranteed Indeed. money, right? So four and a half per year, which is under market for a guy that's probably a top 15 linebacker in the NFL, top 15 middle linebacker in the NFL. I'm not counting like pass rushers, like edge rushers, Judon. But yeah, I, I think that's just, I think that's a solid deal. I think that makes a ton of sense. I'm surprised it wasn't longer because that's a guy they really like and should be a part of this core going forward. They do need to start as they hopefully come out of this rebuild. We'll see what happens this year. But as they hopefully come out of this rebuild and ramp up what should be a contention process, you need those core guys. And obviously, you know, if it pans out, Mac Jones would be one of those guys. You're looking at Cole Strange as one of those guys. Matthew Judon, Josh Uche, potentially if he gets re-upped as as, one of those guys. I I think Christian Gonzalez, in theory, would be one of those guys. Kyle Duggar, if he gets extended. But but, uh, Juwan Bentley certainly fits the mold of a player like that. So that one makes a lot of sense. Yep. I, I was a big fan of that one. And I hit on it briefly, but the fact that you get to pair him with that rangy guy, like Marte Mapu now, yeah, that should be really exciting just to, to watch defensively how that kind of breaks out because he's never really had that counterpart next to him with that, with that skill set. So he has done taken strides in his game as a, as a coverage guy. You remember that? Like, was it that one-on-one against like Devin Singletary last year that yeah. got a lot of, got a lot of praise online but yeah having that true rangy sideline to sideline mapu guy next to him that that'll be exciting to watch yeah yeah i'm i'm, I'm with you on that one mm-hmm. 
So any other thoughts there on the extensions that we didn't get to? I'm surprised they were handing those out. We didn't get anything for the young guys. We didn't get any for, I I mean, I I don't think they're going to extend. I I never really thought they were going to extend Onweno or Uche, but Kyle Duggar to me seems like a strong extension candidate. His price is only going to go up. Maybe they're they're working behind the scenes. I, I can't tell you. I don't know. But it's um, yeah. I, I I'm surprised we haven't heard anything on that front, even just that they're talking. What would you look at for a deal for him? I don't even. Let me pull up the uh, top safety. Deals. I mean, I would think he's going to be. He's going to want to be the highest paid safety in football. I would think. Someone was saying, I think it was Mina Kimes on Twitter was saying, like, will he have the same market outside of New England just because of how he's used here? Right. Like, you've seen guys like the versatile guys like Jabril Peppers. He wasn't, he struggled at times with the Giants. And then he comes here to a team that knows how to use them. And I'm not sure if that's Duggar, but I thought that was just maybe an interesting point there. If he hits the open market, that's true the, about a lot of guys, but I feel like this new hybrid safety role is like a lot of so teams have this prominent. role, yeah. right? Yeah. That you could use him the same way. So I'm looking at it here in terms of, uh, I'm just going to off AAV. Derwin James is getting 19 million. Minka's getting 18-2. Jamal Adams is getting 17 and a half. That's too much for Jamal Adams. Jesse Bates, Harrison Smith are getting 16. Justin Simmons, 15-2. So, all right. I, yeah, he's he's going to come in looking for like that 18, 19 million range, I think, with Derwin James and Minka Fitzpatrick. I, I don't, like, he might get that on the open market. I don't think he gets that with the Patriots. But can he make a case that he should get Jesse Bates contract, which was just signed. So that's a good comp. Jesse Bates got, uh, what is this deal? Ultimately it is 64 million over six years, 16 per. I think that that's a reason that would be a realistic deal. I don't know that the Patriots would do it, but I don't think that's an unrealistic ask for him. He, especially if he has the season, he, we think he's going to have, He's going to be a Jesse Bates caliber player, is he not? Jesse Bates is 26, Duggar's 26. I think that all lines up. Yeah, 464, that range, 16 average. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty fair market. 36 guaranteed. I that's where's the uh all right. So the most guaranteed money on a safety contract. Yeah, Bates is 36 guaranteed over four years. That's also what Fitzpatrick has. Uh Derwin James has a ton of incentives. That's why his number is so high. Same with Jamal Adams. Um, I think Marcus Williams signed his new deal this offseason, right? Yes. He, yeah, he's up here. He's, yeah, he, so he signed it last year. Sorry, he signed it uh, last year. Five for 70. Yeah. So that's 14 average. 14 average, but it's an extra less year. guaranteed. It's 17 million guaranteed over five. So that's three, three and a half. That's not that much. All right. So <laughs> I, 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 this is this is not great radio here, but I'll, I'll just say I nah. think <laughs> right. Don't Felgren Maz rule. Don't do math on the air. There's a reason it's a rule. It's a good rule. I think that somewhere in that five year, thirty five forty million dollar range uh, is probably about right for Kyle Doug, which I'd give him. I'd give him. He could be a big part of the of the defense moving forward. He's a guy you can build around and 
they have the money to do it. Mm -hmm. I agree. Is he your is he your top target out of those three guys? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially if they're going to keep playing Michael and Winnow at guard. If they have no desire to play him at tackle and they have other options at guard, I I think you have guards. You don't need own Wenu. Josh Uche to me, I'll take the risk that the last half of last season was who he really is and let him walk because he's been so hot and cold and he's going to want to get paid off the hot that you're going to end up overpaying for a very streaky player. And if that's the case and you let him get to the season and he is a sack per game guy and he comes away with 14, 15 sacks this year and then he walks, so be it. I don't think that's a bad gamble. You just take that money, you give it to Matthew Judon and you work on an extension. Kyle Duggar is going to be the toughest to replace of the three. Easily. Mm-hmm. Easily. He is not, you cannot just go find players like Kyle Duggar. So that's the guy I'm going to pay. Yep. I agree. And I also wouldn't be surprised, um, just another name to look if they're dishing out contract extensions, Hunter Henry. Because they don't have a tight end on the roster sign next year, and he's in the last year of his deal. Hey, hey, recognize Johnny Lumpkin. Three-year UDFA deal. True. Johnny Lumpkin. And, And... we, I will not stand for Johnny Lumpkin erasure on this podcast. I'm sorry. It was a long Fourth of July. I forgot That's, about. Okay, it. all right. I forgive you. I just don't make don't make that same mistake again. I won't. But um, Henry, his cap hits like 15 million, so they could lower that and tack a few years and. That's just another name to watch if they're dishing out contract extensions. That caught my eye. But uh, if you want to transition over to Q&A, we can get into some of that if you guys want to. I do. But first, let's uh, yep. hear from So drop your question in the chat and we're going to hear from our friends at FanDuel. And we come back, we're going to take your questions. Okay. What do we got for questions here? Let's see here. How do we feel about threads versus Twitter? <laughs> Fair question. Our pre-show am... debate. <laughs> Yeah, I am uh, over there on uh, on threads. You can at real Alex Barth. Brian's not there yet. Not yet. But uh, you know, I it'll be cool once you can actually see who you're following. It's nice that it's not bogged down by bots and ads and and politicians. The functionality is still kind of eh, but that's eh, something to do. Something to do. Someone asked on Twitter, "What is if Threads catches on? What is Belichick going to call it?" Uh yarn. Yarn. That was, I think, yeah, that was I, I, I think I, the I, most I popular know. one. <laughs> I'm not on. I'm not on yarn. Yarn. So, but uh, follow me over there at Real Alex Barth. And the one thing, so there's okay. There are two things that kind of connected that I don't like about it. So when I signed up last night, and it's like, who do you want to follow? And there's an option to just follow everybody you follow on Instagram. And I thought that would just follow all the Instagram followers who have signed up for Thread. So I'm like, all right, whatever. I, I clearly care enough to follow these people on Instagram. And I don't follow that many people on Instagram. I don't use Instagram a ton. Instead, what it did was send an alert out to everybody I follow on Instagram that I had joined Threads. I didn't like that shit at all. Do not let I, people like know I'm on social media, obviously for work. I don't like how much I'm on social media. I try to downplay it when I'm with people. Do not go telling all the people from high school that I am a social media addict. Did not like that. Was not a fan of that. And now like I don't promote my Instagram. It's not private. If I probably should just make it private. Well, now I can't. It's it, it was never private, but it's like, I don't do work stuff on there. It's my personal stuff. It is. 
if you go look at my feed right now, like the top eight squares, nine squares, whatever it is, are all just pictures of golf courses. And then I actually went for a hike yesterday. Like, that's it. There's no Patriots news. It's just my life, my boring ass life of just, it's golf in the stadiums. That's all it is. But now like, you know, I guess shout out to all the listeners and readers and viewers who are following me, but it was just like people I knew and now it's more people. So that's kind of been, I'm like, all right, I, you know, no more stories of this and that, and you know, nothing bad, but it's like, I don't know. I don't want people knowing where I am all the time. So that was, uh, that's the downside, but if it cleans things up, cause I know the engagement on Twitter has been way down the last few weeks. I'll, I'll take threads, whatever. It doesn't post threads doesn't post automatically to your Instagram. Does it? It doesn't, but it sent, it sent out a notification. Yeah. When I signed up. And the other thing is like, if you go to somebody's, cause you have to have Instagram to sign up for it. If you go to somebody's like threads profile, you can look at their Instagram. There's like a button to go right to their Instagram profile. Mm-hmm. So now everybody can find my Instagram. So well, now all your high school friends can see the hang times and your Johnny Lumpkin love. So that is true. <laughs> they they will all now be able to see what a degenerate. Oh, they know how degenerate, <laughs> like how degenerately I follow football. So, uh, all right. so uh, go follow me at Real X Bar. I just picked up a couple of followers during that rant. So maybe that was somebody watching. So thank you. Uh, what else do we got for questions here in the chat? Um, well, I just, just arguing there. over something. I don't even know what it is. Um, so Alex, so how long does it take you to go from cash 22 to be ready for Pat's beat? Cause there was less than an hour gap in there. There was, Evan kept me late. Um, I live about with traffic today. It was 40 minutes from Gillette. So I literally got home. I set up my computer and sat down. So this has kind of just been one long show for me. So there's that. Uh, and sometimes you might end up hearing me say the same thing. Cause there's not a lot of time in between. It's not a ton of mental reset. So I apologize if I'm repeating takes two for the price of one. Um, yeah, it's just this argument really. I don't see a ton of questions, but if you guys want to put more questions you can do that, can somebody sum up what the argument is at least? And maybe we can comment on that. They're talking about the bears super bowl. Like which bit like, Rex Grossman. We can do 20 minutes on Rex Grossman. It's mid-July. I'm okay with that. Um, Patriots Bears, I think. I don't know. Shout out mid-July comment section, baby. It's wild. Uh, I thought there was one question up there somewhere. Uh, Chiefs won every Super Bowl. I I don't know if there's a question or part of the argument. The Chiefs have not won every Super Bowl since Mahomes took over. Won a couple, but not all of them. The Patriots won one of those, and Tom Brady won another one. What else do we got? Uh, this goes all the way back to the start when someone I, just commented Tom Brady or Bill Belichick. <laughs> oh, I'm not doing that. I'm not. <laughs> that. It's a stupid argument. It's both. It's both. If you truly argue it's 100% one or 100% the other, you don't know football. You're just trying to bother people. Um, Unless you're Asante Samuel. Well, he's trying to bother people. He's trying to bother Bill. Yeah. Uh, even if Thornton worked out last year, I'd still want Hopkins. I don't know about this. Yeah. If, if I mean, I guess to what we'd have to define worked out. But if he's a capable number one, you don't need Hopkins. If he worked out where he's like a two or three, you still need him. The whole point was they need number one. So I that one's defined worked out, but that's an interesting question. Um, what else do we got here? 
So, okay, I tried this. I tried this. So somebody said we should do uh, NFL Immaculate Grid. Do you know what this is, Brian? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for people who don't know what it is, it started in baseball. They give you like a three-by-three grid, and there's three things across the top. Usually it's teams, but sometimes it'll be like a stat or an award, like MVP or 40-plus home runs. And then there's the same thing down the side. And so you'll get like one today was like Astros and Cy Young or like Cubs and 40 plus home runs. And you have to plug in the players that work for that. So it's fun. I've been doing it. There is an NFL one, but I'm calling fraud because one of the ones today was Denver Broncos and USC Trojans. And I put Lendell White and it said that wasn't correct. And I will not stand for Lendell White erasure either. So <laughs> I'm out on that until they fix it. I hope they get a working one, but no, no. If you're not going to let me put Lendell. And then by the way, I tried Sewer Cravens, not in their system. So there's not that many USC Denver Broncos guys. And you've already given me two Deleted that are right two. that I can't put. Do they so have I'm like, out on that for now. Does the NFL, I haven't done the NFL much. I do the baseball one. Do they have like the rarity score, like the baseball? Not yet. I mean, it'll probably get there, I would yeah. think. Hang on. I'll, I'll pull the NFL one up. Maybe we can do it on the uh, on the air here. I think this is new. I think they, like, just launched this, like, yesterday or today. These are all the all the rage now. All right. Broncos Saints. You got one for me? Broncos Saints. Share this. Let's, we'll, we'll do this so people know what we're talking about, and it's Mitch. Mark Ingram never went to the uh, Mark Ingram never played for the Broncos. Yeah, that was the first one. Broncos Saints. Or, but he, oh, I he, mean, here's what he it's like, Sean Payton. Like, can you do a coach? Oh, that's a good question. Oh. Saints Falcons, Saints Super Bowl MVP, oh, Packers um, Super Bowl MVP. Uh, Latavius Murray would be Broncos Saints. Saints. Broncos Saints? Was he on the Falcons too? I don't know. Say, all right, there's that. Can you show the grid on the screen? Yeah, it should be up there. Oh, I I, I screen shared, but I didn't. Uh, uh -oh. There we go. There we go. That's better. <laughs> uh, so Saints. Oh, we got USC. Okay. So did you find someone who worked for USC? No, because it kept. Maybe they put. Did they put Sewer Cravens? Oh, now okay. okay now he's in there. Okay. In there, this there we go. Uh. Broncos, Packers. Broncos, Packers. And oh, the other thing is only since 1999. Okay. Which is unfortunate. Well, we can do Super Bowl MVPs would just be Breeze and Rodgers, right? Or was yeah. <clears throat> Where is he? There he is. I don't think USC players won Super Bowl MVP since 1999. I might be wrong. Like, I got to look at this one because it's going to throw me off. Because going back through. Oh, there is one. Ah, that's super. Okay, that's a good one. What year was it? Or give me like a range. It was. I, any hint gives it away because it's so oddly specific. Is a defensive uh, player. Defensive. I had no idea this guy went to USC. None. <clears throat> Oh, who was the um the random 
that the Seahawks, the Seahawks. Yeah. Trying to think of yeah, the random like, Seahawk defender who won that right. MVP. <laughs> so I, I, we don't need to finish this right now. That's like we're probably boring crap out of people, but <laughs> maybe that becomes a feature on these uh, on these summer shows. All right, I, they they've got me back a little bit. They've clearly fixed it since this morning. I went down no, the complaint department. So we got that. Like he just wasn't in there. Like I searched him, he just didn't come up. Uh, what else do we got here for questions? What are the chances that Boutte makes the practice squad? From all the conversations, it seems he's not panning out as we all hoped he would. I don't think that he's not panning out. He's hurt. He can't get on the field. So if he's hurt, he's he'll get on the practice squad fine. He's not going to play. Like The thing is, does he ball out in preseason games? I think he would. Then it becomes tougher. I think he's a Foxborough flu guy. I think he's going to open the year on PUP, and we're just not going to see him. Yeah, that's where I think it's headed. But I I really do hope he sticks around. I really like his potential. If they can get him in here and get him to buy in, I'd, I'd love for him to stick around. Because as we hinted at or said, there's receiver spots up for grabs next year, it looks like. I'm with you, but I just I think that they've got to get him through this year. And he's a guy that's had trouble focusing, so you worry about that. But I just don't see how it happens, uh, how it happens this year. Uh, what do we got here? Are the Patriots rolling with a fullback this year? If so, who? Uh, they are not. Bill O'Brien doesn't really use a fullback. If they do use a fullback, it's going to be a move fullback. It's going to be a, a Kyle Hughes check type. Anthony Ferkshire would probably be the guy on the roster right now. Yeah, there's not going to be any what was your, uh, Jakob Johnson type of player. That's just their offense doesn't facilitate that. They're going to be too tight end heavy already. They have plenty of wide receivers. I don't think so. Nope. What else do we got? All right. With Diop and Cook, Patriots are a Super Bowl team. Point blank. True or false? Are they playing offensive tackle? Because yeah. <laughs> that's, still, <laughs> that's still the downfall. I mean, they'd be better, obviously. But, I mean, we've talked about it a lot with Cook. Like, how much is he going to? play if he's just behind Ramondre Stevenson like if he's getting 10 to 12 snaps how much of a difference is that going to make Hopkins yeah he's going to step on the field right away and make a difference but they'd obviously make them better but Super Bowl I I don't know about point blank Super Bowl team they're better they're better I think they have an outside shot at the outpoint of winning the division you know if Rodgers taps out and you're dealing with quarterback injuries in Buffalo and Miami, which seems likely, and, and they get a couple bounces their way. Like I, I think they're a potential division-winning team, but that, that they still don't have the horses. It, it's Kansas City and Cincinnati in the AFC. Those are the two teams you got to catch, and the Patriots can't get there this offseason. One more offseason, could they get there? Maybe. We'll see what happens with Mac Jones, right? I mean, that's where it all starts. Mac Jones has to be the guy, but if he is wide receiver, Two tackles, they're in pretty good shape after that. You know, just kind of keep the defense together. I know they have a, a bunch of pending free agents next year, but they, they'd be okay in like two years. But yeah, I, I just don't think they get there this year with these, nope. with just those additions. They're better. Which, they're better. And it's mainly Hopkins, but. Devin, did you see Devin McCourty's comments? He spoke. No, to, what did he um, say? Uh, I forget who wrote it. It was over on the Pro Football Network, but. He, uh, he talked to Devin and Jason McCordy on retirement, and 
Devin pretty much said at this point of the career, your career, you're playing for Super Bowls. Then he said, I don't think, basically said, I don't think we were going to win a Super Bowl in New England if I came back this year. So that that played into part of his reason for for departing. Yeah, well, he's not yeah. wrong. Yeah, so he's kind of on that same, you know, thought process that probably not this year, but if things work out correctly, one or two more years maybe. Right. Uh, what was this? Try to pull this up. Out of the year two players, who, in your opinion, will have a breakout year and who needs to have a breakout year? Well, the, the needs to is Tyquan Thornton. That's yeah. – I don't think and we, we've talked a lot about that. Like they need him to maximize their offense. Who do we think is going to the breakout year? I'll give you the list here as a reminder. Cole Strange, Tyquan Thornton, Marcus Jones, mm-hmm. Jack Jones, Pierre Strong, Bailey Zappi, Kevin Harris, Sam Roberts, Jason Hines, Andrew Stuber. I mean, a month ago, I would have said Jack Jones is the most likely to have one. I, if he's on the field, that still stands. I just, if Christian Gonzalez can be a lockdown, he's going to get targeted a lot and he's going to have a lot of chances to ball hawk. So I think it's set up well for Jack Jones to have a breakout year in terms of his on-ball production. Obviously, he's got to you know be on the football field for that to happen. I'd go with him, but the needs to has to be Tyquan. I'd love the running backs too. If one of those guys can you know break out, probably would be Strawn, and I'd love Strawn's uh, speed on the field as much as possible. Especially if you're running like Parker and Hopkins, having Strawn there would be big. But yeah, it's it's Tyquan, Jack Jones, and probably the rookie running bats unless andrew stuber wants to have a unreal camp i'd take that (laughs) yeah if andrew stuber shows up and is like unreal and we get asked about andrew stuber all the time haven't really noticed him much and it's non-padded practices so you wouldn't but that's where he's at here's so i'm gonna bring this question up we can answer this question directly but actually reminds me of another question i asked years ago that i think would be fun to revisit Will Mac Jones win a Super Bowl with the Patriots? Brian, answer that real quick while I find something. Hmm. I guess I'd lean no right off the bat. It's just you have to lean no. The odds are it doesn't yeah. happen with any quarterback. The odds are it doesn't happen. If you ask me, will Josh Allen win a Super Bowl with the Bills? I would say no. If you ask no. me, will Joe Burrow win a Super Bowl with the Bengals? I would say no. There's a lot of great quarterbacks that don't end up winning a Super Bowl. It's the reality of it. The odds are no. If you want to be right, the answer is no. That doesn't mean he can't. But, yeah. So, what I was trying to find, I did this as a poll on Twitter uh, a few years ago. I think I did this. I probably did this in 2020. I want to see if I can find the poll to find the results at the time. It it must have gotten deleted or something. Was Uh, it would would Cam Newton win a Super Bowl with the Patriots? No, it was. (laughs) Um, I, I should just stop looking and, and do the show here. The, 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 the question was the prompt was, so call it December, 2020, I think is when I asked it. Cause all right, it was when we were debating, should they give Jared Stidham a chance? Could he be the long-term guy? Yada, yada, yada. And the thesis was basically at that point in time, where was the next quarterback who will win a playoff game? for the Patriots. Where, where is the next playoff winning quarterback for the Patriots? Was he in the NFL? Was he in college? Was he in high school or was he younger? And I think college won out at that point. So that would be Mac Jones. As we sit here today, I'll bring this back because it's an interesting question. Where is, and and I'm going to add it because we're not on Twitter. So I can add a fifth option here to the poll. 
where is the next quarterback to win a pay, a playoff game for the Patriots as the starting quarterback? Is he on the Patriots? Is he elsewhere in the NFL? Is he in college? Is he in high school? Or is he younger? I'd go Mac. I think like I think Mac can win a playoff game. Super Bowl, I mean, like you're saying statistically, will is a different he? not challenge. can so it's too I think he can. Okay. Yeah, he that, that's fair. Right, but uh, they really screwed with yeah. his development. Yeah, that, that's fair. Will he? Because I don't know if they're even like right now, you just say the AFC is so stacked. Will they even get there? And then when they get there, will they win a game? Which, hmm. I'll still say Mac. You know what? I'll, I'll still say it. Mac will be the next guy to win a playoff so, game. I'll say Mac. I want to say Mac. I, I could have sworn I tweeted this. Maybe I didn't. I, I, I want to say Mac. I'll say Mac, but I will say this. If it's not Mac, guys in college right now. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Guys, guys in, the guys in college at the oldest, maybe high school. There were a couple of people who were sending me pictures of like middle schoolers, like baby kid from, uh, yeah, remember the kid from the commercial? <laughs> ah, just warming up my arm. But um, I, I, it was probably more of an interesting question at the time, right? Because Stidham yeah. wasn't the answer. Stidham was clearly mm-hmm. not the answer. We knew Cam was washed. You knew it wasn't on the Patriots. Right. Now it's more, you know, you, you want to say Mac, you kind of have to say Mac, but and it, that was the other thing was like, because it was also, can they draft and develop a quarterback? We didn't know if they could. And they drafted one. I don't know about development, but they drafted one. But we didn't know like our, it, it basically came down to, is Bill going to win again? Is Bill going to win a playoff game? Because middle school, if they had to wait for a kid who was in middle school in 2020 to win a playoff game, it wasn't going to be with Bill. I don't know. No. Although technically we're still waiting on that one. Uh, what else do we got here? Zappy will win a playoff game before Mac. Maybe, but not New England. Maybe with the Niners. <clears throat> so no, there's no. that. Yeah, no, he's not. Unless, unless Mac gets hurt like week 18. Oh yeah. I, I guess that's true. Mac could get hurt. Um, but that would still qualify as currently on the Patriots one way or the other. Yeah. Uh, what else do we got? What are our expectations for Mac Jones this year? I, I think he bounces back because I think they tailor. I, here's what's going to happen. He's going to have a bounce back year. He's going to be good. But it's going to be – he's not going to show a very diverse skill set. And people are going to blame that on Mac and say he's not the guy and it's time to move on. But in reality, it's going to be because the offense has to be super tailored because their tackles suck. That's what I think is going to happen – and they're going to extend Mac Jones next year, and everybody's going to freak out. That's what I think is going to happen. I think, like, the baseline is his rookie year, and you should expect him to be a little bit better than that. But, like, he's not going to come out and be throwing 35, 40 touchdowns and trying to make an MVP case or something. But he should be – I'd say expectations are better than his – slightly better than his rookie season. All right, where uh, I just saw an interesting. All right, real quick, Zappy or Purdy? Purdy. No, nah, Bailey Zappy's better quarterback than Brock Purdy is. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's close. I mean, per, uh, I when you factor in Purdy's ability to run with the ball, I guess that yeah. makes it kind of close. But like Bailey Zappy's a much better in the Patriots' Purdy. offense. It's Bailey Zappy. Brock oh, Purdy yeah. in mm-hmm. Bill O'Brien's offense would not work. No. Yeah. And uh, Purdy's probably a better fit in San Francisco's offense, but I think Bailey Zappi would have more success, much more success in the Niners offense 
than Brock Purdy would in the Patriots. The Patriots. What do you think the Patriots offense is going to be? Yeah. So that, that's, that's a good question though. That's a fun question. Speaking of the Patriots offense, what role do we see Malik Cunningham having in the Bill O'Brien offense? If he makes the team scout team quarterback, <laughs> I don't think he makes the 53. I think he's going to be on the practice squad long-term. They'll try to develop him as a receiver, but I would not expect to see him suited up much this year. Mm -hmm. Yep. And he's just speaking of Malik, he's been playing like X receiver on the boundary. He's not like the Julian Edelman inside guy. So that's where his receiver development looks like it's going, but yeah, he'll, I'd be surprised if he wasn't on the practice squad and scout team quarterback and just develop as a receiver. Yeah. Got to agree with that. All right. Uh, last chance for questions. Last call for questions. Does Demario Douglas make the 53? Yes or no. I have him on. Excuse me. I'm on because I think he's going to allow them to use that Marcus Jones package more without having Marcus Jones having to come over to defense. Same skill set as ball carrier. So I'm I'm saying he's on. I yep. I think is one of my last guys on, but I had him on. Completely agree. I'd have him on for that, just for that role, pretty much. Okay, so now we need to do a Boston Sports Minute because I have what I think is a very hot take and is going to piss some people off. You ready, Brian? This could, this could be about any team, too. It's actually about two. Okay, okay. Let's hear it. The Boston Bruins are having a better offseason pound for pound than the Boston Celtics. I don't think it's hot. Both teams had players they needed to trade. They objectively need to trade. Grant Williams, <clears throat> Taylor Hall. Uh, the it, And the Bruins have some other guys too. Lena Solmark, I think, is a guy they probably should trade or have traded in, in Matt Grizzly. But, and there's still time to go, but the Bruins really, outside of Hall, didn't make any of these trades we all thought they were going to make to open cap. And what's kind of been reported is the reason they did that is the return was not out there. They're a team that is thin on assets. They could not afford to give them away for nothing just to open up cap space. They need to get something back to build up the roster. And the line of thinking seems to be, we're not going to be great this year anyway. We'll trade these guys at the deadline when they have more value so we at least get something for them and we can build something from that. I don't love that the Bruins are in this spot, but for the spot, and, and the Celtics are still in a better spot overall. But for the spot the Bruins have put themselves in, I think that they've kind of made the best of a bad situation, relatively speaking. The Celtics had to trade Grant Williams, had to trade one of the guards. We're not even going to bring my fandom of Marcus Smart into this. They had to trade one of those guards, Derek White, Marcus Smart, Malcolm Brogdon. They got, and they did that. They traded Grant Williams, they traded Marcus Smart, and they got nothing. I don't want to hear about how valuable second-round picks are. Second-round picks in the NBA don't pan out. It's like I'm hearing about crypto. Oh, well, why are they valuable? Oh, because they have value. That You're they're, not answering the question. They're just going to draft can. Jokic. They're going to draft Jokic with one of those. <laughs> and yes, they got Kristaps Porzingis. One, they did not need to trade Marcus Smart to get Kristaps Porzingis. And two, all right, so you've lost two rotational players, one sort of starter in Marcus Smart. You got one starter back who, by the way, is hurt all the time. They gave away, and people keep saying this, big move's coming, this big move's coming. Well, they moved a lot of their valuable tradable assets. You need to move contracts in the NBA to make a trade. They've traded valuable contracts in Danilo Gallinari, in Mike Muscala, in Grant Williams, and they've gotten back 
nothing. Second round picks. That's it. So I keep hearing this big move is coming. I don't know what it is because today the Celtics are a worse team than they were at the start of the offseason. That's not to say they're not good. That's not to say they, they won't make the playoffs and make some noise. But they And people keep saying, well, they can afford to get worse. They were the best team in the NBA last year. No, they weren't. I don't remember a parade. And then I saw this today from Adam Himmelsbach. Did kind of a notebook on the Celtics all around. And he talked about kind of what went into the trades with Grant Williams. And then he says this. No, the Celtics do not have a plan to start a youth movement centered on draft picks. This capital will eventually serve as currency in a larger deal with the Celtics well-positioned for a seismic strike, league sources said. The spree of recent activity had bred speculation that they could be staking out their move now, but a league source said that appears unlikely. So they're doing all of this to make a big move, but they're not going to make a big move because they're going to wait because it has to be the right one. What does that sound like, Brian? Like they, That's Danny they, Ainge. Yeah. <laughs> that That's Danny Ainge. Ainge. Remember the fireworks comment? Remember when he said, this? Yeah. remember when they said, we're giving you fireworks? fireworks they enough. did nothing. And they kept saying, well, there were good deals, but we wanted the great deal. And look, ultimately, was that a bad strategy? They didn't, you know, they could have moved the, the picks that became Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. They could have moved them for Paul George. They could have moved them for Jimmy Butler. They did well, but they could afford to be patient mm -hmm. during that time because they, they were the bridges, right? You weren't running the clock out on anybody. Now, Tatum and Brown are in their primes. And I, I, I called it a bridge year on Twitter, and I kind of got ripped for it. It's a relative bridge year. The point being, when you have two guys like this who are in their primes as players, uh, two top 15 players, they're both all NBA, so I can call them that. When you have two top 15 NBA players on your roster, you should not be making your team worse in the short term to add for the long to add on the the margins in the long term. That's not how you win a title. They they and I know I was team blow it up, but not like not like this is like a conservative blow up. It's bizarre as hell. I, like I don't want to. I don't like want to do the Nets picks the trade again. deadline. <laughs> right. I I don't I don't want to do the Nets picks again. That's essentially what this is. Is we're doing the Nets picks again, but instead of them being top ten picks, they're now second round picks. I'm not saying there can't be a plan. Like, yes, I can still see how they maybe figure this out, turn it into something. But one, it's really hard to see what that path is. Two, it's, um, <clears throat> sorry. Two, I don't know that they can afford to have this long-term plan right now. They're contenders. Contend. Win. Sorry, I need to get, uh, sell this bugging crap out of me. I'm, I cut you off like five times there, your thoughts. I, I agree. I think. When you look at the Bruins and the Celtics, from where they ended, they're both worse right now. But one, yes. you expected to get worse because the Bruins obviously weren't going to bring that team back. And they're obviously going to more, they call it retool, whatever you want to call right. it. But the Celtics, like, this is this is your window. You have your two top 15 players, as you just said, 26, 27 years old. Like, this is when you push all the chips in and go for it. But... So like who's even out there? Because they're not. I don't think they're going to get Lillard and like someone like Harden. Like I I don't know what the plan is to to spend all these assets on because and get another star. But for the Bruins, I I love what they did. I, I know the Tyler Bertuzzi thing worked out funky, 
with the, he misread the market. They both misread the market, but like the veterans they signed, like James Van Riemsdyk, Kevin Shattenkirk, still solid players that they took discounts to come here, honestly. And they seem to really like Morgan Geeky. He should fill a good third line role. And you didn't leave any door. You didn't close any of the doors on the, some of the young guys, if they make pushes and in, in, in camp and then, you can reassess at the trade deadline. Maybe Patrice Bergeron is back and you can make the playoffs. Like that's a playoff team with Bergeron. If you have both goalies and Bergeron back, or if this is kind of fading away and one of these guys like James Van Riemsdyk is playing really well, you can ship him off to a contender and he's on a really cheap deal and get a valuable asset. And then they, they didn't give out any deals that'll hamstring them next year. Cause they have like 35 million in cap space next year. So I really like what the Bruins did. The Celtics, they have to have something here or it's not going to look pretty. I feel like neither team is having the offseason they wanted to have. I think they both had plans. They then saw the market, and the market didn't reflect what they believed, and they weren't able to execute the plan they ultimately wanted to execute. The Bruins have adjusted much better to that yeah. than the Celtics. It feels like the Celtics have panicked. Whereas the Bruins, I don't think it's the plan they wanted to run. It's probably not the best plan, but like, I see what they're doing. It makes sense. They are also in a, I mean, they're in an easier spot. Cause again, nobody, it, their problem was they, they lost in the playoffs. If they won the Stanley cup, which they went all in on the idea that we're going to win the cup this year. And then if we have to bro, blow it up and have three sucky years, we blow it up and we have three sucky years. We can coast off a championship. This is kind of what they had to do. This is what they always had to do. The Celtics did not always have to do this. Yeah. They don't have to do this. But this is the spot they've put themselves in, and uh, yeah, not uh, not a fan, yeah. not not a fan of what Brad again still take himself out of it, but not a fan of what Brad has done so far. They can buy you back in, they can pull you back in if they make the right moves. I just we'll need stay. Patrice Bergeron to come back, please. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, that is going to uh, I think that that pretty much covers it. Yeah, those were our rants, our Boston rants. Yeah, but um. Yep, so we'll be back sometime next week. Uh, turn on your Patriots Press Pass notifications. Subscribe to the channel to know when we go live. But until then, you can follow Alex on Twitter and on threads, at RealAlexBarth. Yep. Uh, same handle on threads? Yes. All right, so go follow him on threads and Twitter. Read all of his work at 985thesportshub.com. You can follow me on Twitter at I am Brian Hines and go read all my stuff at patspulpit.com. And we will see you guys next week.